helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Certified Christian Counselor and Director of Ottawa's Elam Counseling Services. Hi, this is Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, and I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Radio Show. In this show, chains are broken and lives are literally transformed. Today we have another interesting show lined up for you, Troubleshooting Forgiveness. Troubleshooting Forgiveness. I think there are a lot of misunderstandings out there about what actually is forgiveness. A lot of people have been led down wrong paths and have been made to feel guilty or have been made to do wrong things in the name of for forgiving others and I think there is a need for us to clarify that so today's show is entitled Troubleshooting Forgiveness and we'll be looking at some of a biblical passage that has been taken out of context and misinterpreted uh, as, a, as, a, as an example of forgiveness and uh, we, we feel that this is, show is going to bring a lot of freedom to people and a lot of clarity and give direction to, 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 to some of you who are listening who might be in a situation where you're wondering, have I really forgiven this person for what he or she has done to me? Or should I forgive? Or um, have I really forgiven if I'm still hurting and if I'm still feeling negative emotions towards this person? So stay tuned. This show is going to be a very important and a very good one. But before I do so, let me welcome those of you who are joining us for the first time. And also want to welcome back our regular listeners. I meet many of you uh, who tell me that you listen to this show. So I want to, to thank you again for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Radio Show. I also want to give out our contact information for uh, for those of our first-time listeners. You can contact Elim by calling 613-699-1677. And I'd also like to say a little bit about who we are. We are a professional counseling organization that provides professional psychotherapy from a Christian perspective. Yes, our services are covered by most insurance companies and our services are clinical services that are are, are, are not any less rigorous than what you would get in from any psychologist or any other secular secular counseling center. So again, it's Elim Counseling Services, 613-699-1677. You can find out more about us by going to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with 12 ministry.com. And with me in studio today, as usual, is Melissa. Welcome again, <laughs> Melissa. Uh, it's always great to join you, Michael. And as you say, this is a really interesting topic that uh, I know you've really felt burdened to share because... Um, as much as I think as Christians, we think we're experts on forgiveness because so much of our faith is based mm -hmm, around that mm -hmm. and the forgiveness that Christ has given us. Mm -hmm. It's still something that we don't get right all the time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And sometimes we get it really, really wrong to our own detriment and sometimes to the de detriment of those we interact with. So I was hoping off the top, if you could describe to us what it sounds so basic, but what is forgiveness? Right. I, I think, that, let me say that's a very, very good, very important question for us to start off right off by discussing what forgiveness is and maybe talk a little bit about what it is not. But I, I think uh, forgiveness is coming to, to this place where you're able to let go of the 
the feelings, not the feelings, but getting getting to a point where you you will yourself to let go of any kind of ill will towards a person who have offended you and given uh, given that over to God. And I think that that is, and I said it's an exercise of the will, because that act of saying, I forgive you, doesn't always coincide with the feelings that goes along with that. So I think there are a lot of misunderstanding in Christian circles where people feel, if I forgive, then I must also not have these feelings. I, I can be hurting and forgiven. And that's where, as I said before, the will comes in because forgiveness is even when you're feeling the pain and you're feeling the, 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 the feelings that you'd like to take revenge against this person or you'd like to do bad things, you are exercising your will to say, I'm going in another direction where I'm leaving this in the hands of God. I, I came across uh, in my research for doing this show uh, a Sunday school manual online where they were teaching little kids about what forgiveness is. And as I read through it, I think no wonder what churches are so, <laughs> are, are, are so uh, messed up when it comes to what forgiveness is, because one of the questions it asks, and, and they said the answer for each of these questions is no. One of the questions it says is, have I really forgiven if I am still feeling hurt and have not forgotten what has been done for me. And the, the answer that the manual has is that you should say, no, I, the little children are being taught. If you're, if you're still feeling pain, uh, you haven't really forgiven. And I think that's really dangerous teaching. And if you haven't forgotten, or have I forgiven where if, if, I, if I say I will forgive you, but I can't forget? And the answer for that is supposed to be no. Well, I, I would like to challenge that because I think it's impossible to forget. You're never going to forget serious harm that has been done for you if your mind isn't fading. But it, it, it's possible to remember and it's possible to be in pain. And it's possible with that pain and that very vivid memory of what has been done to you to still say, I'm giving it over to God. And I think that's a really freeing message and something that we'll be talking about throughout this show is some of those misconceptions, as you say, where forgiveness isn't a feeling, it isn't an act of forgetting. Mm-hmm. Um, because often I think we get stuck in this trap of feeling guilty ourselves mm-hmm. when we're not having those signs that we've been taught. And as you say, sometimes taught even as a wee little child, that if I'm feeling this way or remembering these things, I'm not doing something right. Yes. And and I think that that is a very, very uh, dangerous thing to, thing to do because then it makes people get into this complication where because they're still feeling, feeling guilt, uh, as far as they're still feeling emotions, they now develop guilt uh, because now I, I must be a bad person because I've been told I should forgive, but I'm still angry. And the, the manual, the Sunday school manual that I was reading says, um, can I really forgive if I'm still having feelings of ill intent towards the person? And the answer is presumably, it was supposed to be no. Well, I, I, I'm saying that's not correct because forgiveness is an act of obedience. So it's possible that you could be going through a situation right now where someone has hurt you very deeply. 
and your instinct is telling you I need to get back at that person and your 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 instinct is telling you you know I should really you know slander the name of that person but the 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 will kicks in and you're saying you know what despite the fact that I feel that way I am not going to do it that to me is forgiveness I'm forgiving this person and I'm leaving it in the hands of God so the good news that I want to communicate to my listeners today who might be struggling with feelings very strong feelings as a result of some harm that has been done to you is that it's okay to have those feelings because because you have those feelings doesn't mean that you're in any way sinful those emotions were given to you by God for a reason so it's possible even in the midst of that feeling those feelings to say god i'm choosing to forgive Mm-hmm. And you've been able to identify a story that probably is very familiar to listeners in the Bible mm-hmm. that illustrates this uh, misconception of forgiveness and has been interpreted in such a way over the years, maybe, that painted it in a different light. And you wanted to highlight some l- learning points um, related to forgiveness that we can pull from this story that maybe paint this picture in a slightly different light than we're used to. Yes, and, and this is the story that I came across in the in the Sunday School Manual. It's a well-known Sunday school manual, actually, that's used by many church. And it's a story of Joseph and his brothers. How many of us know about Joseph, of how forgiven Joseph was, and we all need to be like Joseph because look at what Joseph's brother did to him. They sold him into slavery and he forgave them, and we all need to be like Joseph, well, I hate to burst your bubble <laughs> this morning, but I'm going to give you a different uh, interpretation of that story that's very, very biblical, but 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 goes against the grain of how we impose the story on others. And I would like to read the passage for you, uh, for my listeners first, before I go into talking about why I think this verse has been has been misunderstood. And it's from Genesis chapter 45, which reads, as follows. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers, and he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had come, clo- when they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now, do not be distressed, and do not be angry with yourself for selling me here, because. It was to serve lives that God sent me ahead of you. So we read this story and we go, wow, you know, look at Joseph. Look at what he has been through. His brother sold him into Egypt. You know, we're at chapter 45 when I just read. But if you look at, you know, two chapters ago, he was sold into slavery. And look at what he did. 
He forgave them, and he, he even said, "It's God brought me here mm-hmm. for this to happen." And we impose this on people who are going through painful situation in the present, and we said, "This is how you to you are to be like Joseph." But here comes my thunder that, <laughs> that <laughs> you're going to ruin it. You're going to ruin it. <laughs> that I'm going to ruin it for for a lot of people here who have held on to this story and said, yeah, you know, why can't I be like Joseph? Yeah. What we're forgetting about this story, uh, what isn't clear just from reading it, is that 22 years had passed between the time he had so, been sold into slavery and when he forgave his brothers. And that's key. That, I think, is key. Because what we do is that we neglect to tell people that Joseph didn't forgive his brothers the next day after they put him in the pit. He didn't come to this place overnight where he was able to say, yes, I forgive and God did this for a reason. But we make people feel guilt in our Christian circles when we say to them, you know, your husband has just walked out on you or your husband has just cheated on you last week. You need to forgive him mm-hmm. right away. And welcome back and to your house. Welcome back to your house. And you need to say, you know, like Joseph said, you know, God has a purpose and a plan for our marriage. This is why he caused you to cheat on me. Now, let me say that, you know, you know, if we had talked to Joseph, you know, when he had just been taken out of the pit, I don't think he would have been saying God has a plan and a purpose for selling me because none of the things that transpired in his life life, the promotions that he got hadn't happened as yet. Now, this is in, this is many years, over 20 years into the future, but we miss that. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this forgiveness as if it is something that Joseph did immediately. And, and it's interesting too, I picked up when you read that book at the beginning of the chapter where, you, where he had this emotional outburst too, right, right. in seeing them again, as you say, 22 years later. Right. He has this emotional outburst that's so loud that everyone in around sees them. And that's sort of what we talked about before as well, that even when you're forgiving people and you've had 22 years to go, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you still have your feelings too. Yes, absolutely. I think that's such a very good point, Melissa, because we, we, we tend to, 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 you know, hold these biblical characters up to high esteem and make them seem almost as if they're not human. But I think you just made a good point that Joseph, before he could come to that place where he's saying, look, I forgive you and God did this for a reason. He wept and he wept so loud that even people that was in the other room heard him. I feel like I'm speaking to someone out there today and I just want to tell you that your tears are okay. Mm-hmm. Your tears that you're shedding is okay. And don't let anyone tell you that you should be over it by now because 20 years after being sold into slavery, Joseph was still weeping very loudly. So your tears are okay. God understands your tears. He understands the pain. And despite the fact that people would like to make you into this superhuman being who, you know, forgive right away or forgive in a short period of time, or maybe you've been taught that in Sunday school and you are thinking, why can't I be like Joseph and just forgive my brother? My main point from reading this text is that we miss the time 
period that has passed. There was over 20 years. Joseph was about 17 to 21 when he was sold into slavery. He was in his late 30s. Uh, when he was our early forties, by the time he he came to this place, had that he was able to forgive and to say God had a purpose. Sometimes it's okay if you're not able to say God has a purpose for this while you're still in the pit. Joseph is saying God had a purpose for sending me here because he he was no longer in the pit. He was now in the palace, and he was in a position of of privilege where he could now help his brothers. You might still be struggling with pain and hurt and wondering, you know, my for example, my husband and left has left me for another woman, and here I am, I'm financially worse off. Or, you know, uh, my husband or my wife has died and here I am, I, I feel angry and hurt because my situation is worse off than it was. I would like to say that your emotions are okay. You don't have to make yourself into this superhuman where you want to be like Joseph to be able to say, with, you know, you know God has a person, a, a purpose for this. Remember that you might still be in the pit. And Joseph didn't say this while he was in the pit. He said this when he was in the palace. Mm-hmm. I just want to clarify something with you, Michael, in case there's some naysayers out there who are thinking, oh, but so what you're saying then is you should put off forgiveness for 22 years. There's mm-hmm. no priority to forgive. You're saying, okay, 22 years and then forgiveness can happen. Um I, that's, I don't think that's what you're saying, mm-hmm, but just for mm-hmm. point of clarification, right. um, obviously forgiveness takes time and it's a process, but what yes. you're, you're not saying put off trying to forgive, what you're saying is it's a process right. and it's, it's not process. an instantaneous it's not thing. In, it's not instantaneous. And we see the same thing in the story of Esau and Jacob, right, which it, it's another story that is held up as a as a biblical example of how despite the fact that uh, Esau, uh, that, that, that Esau's birth, birthright was, was stolen by his brother, uh, Jacob, that Esau forgave his brother, and uh, the many sermons have been preached about Esau's forgiveness. But what is missing from a lot of that is the is the context of time as well. But what we should remember that in the beginning, uh, Esau wanted to kill Jacob, and 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 Jacob had to flee for his life as a result of Esau's wrath towards him. So Esau did not come to a place of forgiveness overnight. It's after many years of processing his pain and different circumstances that he was able to say, you know what, I forgive you. And so there are, are people who, who have been hurt in churches. Uh, I have had situations where uh, husbands have been unfaithful or wives have been unfaithful and the, the, the adultery has, has come to light and they are told that they, 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 they should be, be, be back having intimacy right away because they needed to forgive and they needed to get back to that place of having, of, of having intimacy. Let me say that that might be a process. Like if you are, if you are hurt, if you have been betrayed, 
you can forgive, but that doesn't mean that your your, your heart is back at that place yet where you you can re start reengaging in those in those acts of trust because intimacy is intimacy. Uh, symbolizes trust and oneness and togetherness and there are times if you feel betrayed and you feel hurt you might not be in a place where that is possible until your pain is healed mm -hmm. but there are people in our churches who are made to feel that they are not spiritual enough because they are not yet at that place and they use stories like this of of, of, of Esau and they use stories of Jacob to say you need to forgive but I would say, read the stories again and factor time into it because these forgiveness did not happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing that's coming to light as you describe those, those situations there is forgiveness does not equal reconciliation right away either. Yes, yes. And sometimes we try to smush those things very closely together that if I forgive you, it means we must be reconciled right, right and, now. And, and that is so important as well. And uh, I think that's such a brilliant point, Melissa, because in, in Matthew chapter 18, we have Jesus outlining principles of how we should deal with our brother. And when he said his, uh, our brother, he's talking about relationships in general, not just between a brother and a sister, but that word encompasses many different types of relationship. And Jesus outlined very important principles in Matthew 18 is in how we should go about making uh, uh, dealing with conflict and making things right in his in our relationship. The first principle that that Jesus said that should happen if something is 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 not going right is that there should be a confrontation of the issue. The issue should be brought up and discussed, not swept under the carpet. And it it, 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 it it is so shocking that many people, they sweep things under the carpet and they said, I have forgiven you. I don't think true forgiveness can really take place until you have had a discussion about what it is that has really happened in your relationship. Because yes, you might forgive, but that the fact that this issue has not been discussed and talked about, meaning that it is still going to be in the background affecting the relationship. So on a spiritual level, yes, you might have forgiven, but I still think there is an element there that is not been done. So, so in Matthew 18, Jesus says, if something happened, if something takes place between you and your brother first, go to your brother and make known the issue. The second thing that Jesus says uh, is after that, if your brother refuses to acknowledge what you have said to him in trying to address this matter, relationships are so important and the, the emotional health of relationship is so important that you need to take another step. Don't give up there. Jesus says, go further. And what I want you to do is to bring two or three witnesses into that situation. So contrary to how conflict is dealt with in a lot of our, our relationships, Jesus is saying, confront the issue, don't keep it as a secret, make others know about it. And then Jesus says, after talking about the, the same, elaborating on the principle of making others known by saying you can bring it to the church, he goes on to say, if our brother still refuses to acknowledge the wrong that has been done, treat your brother as you would a, 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 a heathen or an infidel. So in, in, in the biblical 
terms, those words, uh, how they treat someone who is considered a heathen or, or non-Jew in those days. What they would do is that if you were if you were a, a non-Jew, uh, you would be considered to be sinful, you'd be considered to be defiled, and so the Jews would not allow themselves to be touched by someone who is who, who, who is not a Jew, who is not following the, Jew, the Jewish customs. So this is why when Jesus would have his his feet was being washed by 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 Mary, the, the the people around him said, "What is he doing? This man, if he was a prophet, he would know." Because in their mind, Jesus was just been made into a sinner by being touched by someone who is sinful. That's why they were so alarmed when Jesus would go into the household of tax collectors and sinners because Jesus was actually, according to their things, defiling himself. So Jesus is saying, okay, you believe that you defile yourself when you go among sinners? Well, let me tell you something. If you have a brother that despite the fact that you're trying to remedy a situation with him and he refuses, treat him like that. In other words, don't go into his household. Don't allow him to touch you and uh, until he has come to a relation, into a realization that what he's doing is wrong. Now, is this some kind of malicious intent by Jesus? No, but it's a, it, it's a desperate attempt at reconciliation. Maybe by treating the person this way, they will come to their senses. So I see forgiveness being being made cheap in, in our in our church circles where people are told that they should be forgiven without the issues being brought up, without the issues being discussed. And I would say, venture to say that true forgiveness can't really take place until you have really made an attempt to confront the issues. Mm-hmm. And to and I think as we've talked about before, and to con- confront how it's made you feel. Yes, yes. And to confront how that's impacted you and your thought process and your memory and those things that may have happened to you as a wee little kid mm-hmm. are still ingrained in your thoughts and forever will be. And not acknowledging that, as you say, cheapens the act of forgiveness. Yes, yes. And and I, I think it, it's very important for us not to try to force people to say, you know, I have forgiven and to get over their pain right away. Uh, sadly, uh, someone whose husband... Uh, committed suicide uh, some years ago were been t- was been told by people within our circles that it's been over a year you should get over that but she said I just couldn't forgive him because of I, I feel as if he-, he betrayed me and she was telling no it's been a year get over it now so let me say that uh, those feelings are genuine feelings they are coming from a place of pain and it-, it doesn't it doesn't mean that the person hasn't forgiven it just means that they have to work through their pain. So if you're listening to my voice today and you're going through a situation where you're feeling intense pain, it's been a while since you have been, uh, maybe many years since you have been betrayed and you're still feeling pain, you're still feeling at times as if you 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 have impulses of, of anger towards this person, I would say that don't be hard on yourself. What you have been through is is hard, and doesn't mean that you haven't forgiven. It just means that you will need to exercise the will that God has given you to to come to a place where you can say, "God, I choose to forgive, 
even though I have these feelings. So the main point I want you to get from listening to this show so that it's possible to forgive even if you have feelings of ill intent towards that person. It's possible to forgive even if you if you are still hurting and your heart is still breaking. It is still possible to say, I forgive you. So Melissa, earlier in the show you talk about, does it mean that you have to wait many years to forgive? The answer is no. But I would like to say that forgiving right away doesn't mean reconciliation right away because there are some situations where it might be dangerous to be back around that person or it might just mean that if you put yourself back in that situation you're going to be treating yourself like a doormat because the person has no no sense of that what they did was wrong or no understanding of how it hurt you and that speaks to that those biblical principles outlined in Matthew yes. how we are to address these situations. It's mm-hmm. forgiving the individual, exercising our will, but yes. also not forgetting the fact of how it's impacted us and having those discussions. Absolutely. And, and, and in the right time, I was just going to say, as you said there, sometimes right away for a variety of reasons is not the right time. Yes, yes. So so I, I think, I, I hope that some people listen to this show today and would go away thinking, you know, uh, I, I, where I am, I don't need to feel guilt. It's just a process. Joseph didn't get to his position of forgiving his brothers overnight. And so it's okay. So before I close, I'd like to remind the listeners of the of the seminar coming up in 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 Cornwall on the sixth of the sixth of July and it's entitled Fearless. It's a seminar on how to overcome anxiety. So to register call six one three six nine nine one six seven seven. You can also contact us by email by going to our website at Elim counselingministry.com Elim is spelled E-L-I-M counseling with two L's ministry.com and again our number is 613-699-1677 so until next time I'm your host Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services and Melissa Waggett praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart thank you very much for listening and I look forward to to our next show where we have we'll have another interesting topic lined up for you again our number that you can contact us at 613-699-1677 our website is elimcounselingministry.com and may God bless you and take care until next time